You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Stuff is wild, man. I mean, it's just, it's one of those things where it's not even, I, I can't even say it's one of those things because it's not a thing. It's, it's, there's no other thing that's like this thing. It just, it's creeping me out. Like, weird, weird things happen. And it's not a big deal in a vacuum. But when everything just feels weird and off-kilter, considering, you know, the whole 2020 thing, Halloween, I guess, the election, it's like, I just, I'm freaked out by how weird everything is. You know what I mean? Like, the just, just Javon whims. Like, in a vacuum, it's like, ah, that's really weird and funny. Or uh, the moment of complete honesty from Bill Belichick. Like, well, what did you just say? Yeah, you know, even the games where it's like, you know, the Packers lost to the Vikings and the Titans lost to the Bay. I mean, I know, listen, I know stuff happens, but then you find out that the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers nearly lost to the Giants. It's just like there's no reality anymore. There's just nothing is, it's just, we're just kind of floating around. It's like some weird, I guess, sci-fi movie, like maybe Bill and Ted, you know, like when they, when they went down into hell, you know? And there's like all the weird rooms with like the bunny and like the Easter bunny was freaky and stuff. That's just, I feel like that's the world I'm living in right now. Like what is anything anymore? I guess another way to put it is it's, it's more realistic or, uh, it's more rational to expect the irrational. I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just noticing it more, you know, kind of like when you're a kid and you learn about cars, or if you buy a new car, if you're researching cars, and you're like, oh, I kind of like the Honda Odyssey, and suddenly everybody drives a Honda Odyssey, maybe that's what it is. The world just feels weird to me, and then I look out into the world, and it's like, dude, everything's weird, and other people are like, yeah, it's always been weird, dude. You thought it was normal? What's wrong with you? I don't don't know, man. Sorry, I don't know. But I'm I'm just trying to, like, gather news, and I'm looking at stuff, and it's like, what is going on with anything anymore? I'm trying to look at this Packers 49ers game, and it's like, so-and-so's got COVID, and these guys maybe have COVID. We don't really know, so they might not play. It's like, well, aren't you testing them? It's like, yeah, but we don't know. So is everything shut down? No, we're just going to practice. <laughs> okay. Is there a game? I don't know. Well, what about the 49ers? They don't really have a team anymore. What are you talking about? Everybody, Literally everybody's hurt. They don't have a team anymore. Are they going to forfeit? I don't think so. I think they're just going to trot whatever's out, out there. Okay. <laughs> what am I sp- It's like, I feel weird taking any of this seriously. I feel like this is a wrestling podcast, which, by the way, I'm, I'm, I'm in a weird headspace lately. I don't really know what my problem is. You ever kind of get into a funk 
I don't want to say depressed necessarily, but were you just kind of like nothing that you like liked you like anymore? And all of a sudden, there's this new. I'm obsessed with wrestling. I don't. I don't like. I haven't liked wrestling since the '90s, since I was a kid. But I've just nonstop. Like I watched that Behind the Mat, which I've seen before. I'm watching now a Bret Hart documentary. I don't know what it is. But anyways, I feel like I'm doing a wrestling podcast where I'm watching things that I know are fake and everybody else knows is fake. But my job is to take it real seriously. Not like what's actually happening. I'm talking about the storyline. I'm supposed to take the storyline seriously. I'd give you an example, but I couldn't tell you one wrestler today. You know, Jake the Snake versus Bret Hart or something. I, I, I don't know. I'm not even sure if those careers overlap. They probably did. Brett wasn't around for a while. Just to give you an idea of, since we're on this rabbit hole, how old I am with my wrestling stuff, I'm still mad that it's called the WWE. Occasionally, I will refuse to call it that and just call it the WWF. I don't know exactly if the World Wildlife Foundation still exists, but I hate them, and I hope they've gone out of business. I don't care if they save every animal on planet. I still hate them for being petty children and removing WWF from the WWF and forcing them to be WWE, at which point I didn't care about them anymore. Do you understand what I'm trying to say right now? (laughs) Because I don't. So I guess the goal for today is kind of a little bit touch on all the couple things. I don't even know if I have any... I mean, A.J. Dillon has COVID. Like, all right. I mean, maybe. I don't know. There's a ton of false positives. Maybe his is false. I'm not sure. Maybe the whole team has it. Maybe Jamal has it. Maybe he gave it to everybody because they're all practicing next to each other. Granted, contract tracing said he was next to two people. I have a feeling he was probably closer to more than two people, but, you know, whatever. So that's pretty much my thoughts on on that situation. I I guess the only thing that matters is what what exactly are we doing here? It kind of feels like we should just push it back, but I don't know. I mean, we're getting some more results today, I guess. I, I don't know exactly. I don't know. It just nothing seems definitive. Every time it's like, oh, yeah, that we're going to get the results and then we'll know everything and everything will be resolved. It's like, yeah, maybe, probably not, though. And even the election is that way. Like, oh, it's election day, so we're going to find out who the president is. Like, nah, probably not. Like, what do you mean? Well, you know, we got to count and then we're going to fight and say that that's not the real result and there's going to be bickering for months. So, uh, for, I don't care. Whatever. I'm over it. By the way, let's get that out of the way. I know it's pretty heated. I know everybody's all angry. I don't really care. And what I mean by that is I don't care that you're angry about stuff. I'm very anti any form of censorship, but I'm telling you right now, don't put anything about about that in the Flick Chat or the Facebook group. I don't want to see it. Just take it somewhere else. I don't need to see fighting and bickering in a group that I've worked pretty hard to build up and foster as one of the, I think, better Packers groups out there. And I don't need people ruining that by picking on half my group. And I don't care if you think they're sensitive. I think they're sensitive, too. I think they should get over it. And I think you should get over it when they post stuff that you don't like and it's back and forth and all that kind of stuff. But how about this? Let's just quit because nobody can be an adult and it's a real sensitive time. Again, I think that's pathetic, but let's just call it what it is. It's a sensitive time. And I'm tired of people reporting posts and coming to me saying my feelings are hurt and I don't like it and you should take this down and I'm leaving the group. Don't do that to my group. Count this as your warning, and, you know, anybody else, I don't know if I have any admins in my group. If you see it, get rid of it. If you see it, report it. I will take it down. I'm just, I'm, I'm still, I'm, let me just say this. I'm still in a bad mood. <laughs> I've realized, I mentioned how I snapped at some people the other day. I'm still very much, like, in a I'm-ready-to-fight kind of mood. So, again, whatever's going on in my head is um, not cleared up, and that run did nothing. My joints are hurt worse than ever. So, 
do me a favor, don't mess with me. I don't know if it's because the weather's changing and it's dark and I'm t- I, I've, I don't know, man. I don't. I never know what's going on in my brain. I'm just telling you, it's a bad week, so just, just don't. Um, also in the news, there's a report that a reporter thinks the Packers reached out to Antonio Brown. I think I couldn't care any less. Now, I will say I'm surprised if it's true that they even bothered to reach out, not that it necessarily means anything. And they didn't say Brian Gutekunst reached out. They have an entire staff whose job it is to make phone calls about everybody that's available, probably so they can put together reports to bring to Brian Gutekunst and say, here's the status of all these people, and then they comb through it. And somebody's job was to write down Antonio Brown and his status. That would be my assumption on what happened. Every single person, every single team gets contacted by the Green Bay Packers. There's a giant report made up of who's available for how much. They talk to agents, they talk to teams, they talk to all kinds of people. They put together some kind of a report, bring it to Brian Gutekunst to comb over, and then they start, you know, Brian starts picking up the phone and ironing out the details with people or somebody under Brian, whatever. A higher level person that does some kind of negotiating or fact-finding on people we actually care about. Maybe that's not true. Maybe Brian Gutekunst personally called Antonio Brown and was like, would you please come to the Green Bay Packers? We love you so much. But I don't know. All I know is somebody said that somebody he believes reached out to Antonio Brown um, on behalf of the Packers, and that's the end of the conversation. Again, I am surprised by it because my, I believe, exact quote was they're not even going to pick up the phone. I'm not super thrilled that they picked up the phone. I think at some point, you know, if I'm Brian Gutekunst, you just say, don't bother, you know, cross that guy off the list, don't bother calling him. But whatever, they run the team however they want to run the team. Um, injury report, I mean, it's, let's just say it's the whole team at this point. Um, there are 20 players. Some of them are um, non-injury related, presumably COVID related. I don't really know. Um, Mercedes Lewis, Rick Wagner, Vernon Scott, Will Redmond, Kamal Martin, and Jamal Williams. We know Kamal Martin and Jamal Williams are related to... COVID, I'm not exactly sure what the rest of these guys and their deal is. Um, Of the 20 guys, 14 of them are limited. Mason Crosby's still limited, so that may still be an issue. I don't really know. I mean, it seemingly didn't get worse. But, I mean, one of the biggest issues is a lot of the guys that were held out, you say, oh, awesome, they were held out, then they can play next week. The problem is next week is just a couple days down the road. So there isn't all that much time for them to get better. However, if you look at the 49ers, I mean, look, the the bottom line is... uh, I don't know how I'm going to bother even doing a breakdown of the 49ers. This is this is like a preseason game against the 49ers where they don't even play the starter, except we get to play our starters. That's literally what this is. Imagine a preseason game where, you know, maybe the first series they get the starters out and then they pull everybody, put in all the backups, and we leave our starters in. That's That's what this is. On top of their elite pass rusher that went out a long time ago, the guy that, you know, the, the the Bosa's in general wrecked the Packers single-handedly. He's not going to be playing in this game. I mean, Ezekiel Ansa is on IR. Tavon Austin is on IR. Uh, Nick Bosa is on IR. Tevin Coleman is on IR. D. Ford is on IR. Ben Garland is on IR. Raheem Mostert is on IR. Um, Mark whoever is on IR. Jordan Reed is on IR. Uh, Richard Sherman is on IR. Solomon Thomas is on IR. Chris Thompson is on IR. Kwan Williams is on IR. Jeff Wilson is on IR. Add to that this week's list. Richie James, wide receiver, is out. Tevin Coleman, running back, is doubtful. I know I just said he's on IR, but 
presumably to return, but they doubt that he's going to come back. Uh, Dante Pettis is questionable. Debo Samuel is officially out. Jimmy Garoppolo, starting quarterback, is out. George Kittle, tight end, is out. Kiko Alonso, linebacker, out. Jaquiski Tart, safety, out. Uh, on top of that, they traded away Quan Alexander. Not that he's any good. Been saying that since forever, but, I, you know, I don't know, man. I mean, the, the issue is, if we lose, you start to feel like the season is you know, I don't want to say over, but I mean, what is the point? And if we win, you don't necessarily feel good about it. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just in this, again, weird mode. And I, you know, in a sense, not that you necessarily wish all these injuries on any team. This is one of the games that we're supposed to lose. And this is a great opportunity to make up for losing a game that we absolutely should have won, which was this past week against the Minnesota Vikings. This, the Vikings game never, ever, ever should have been a loss. This is an opportunity for this to be a win. Now, granted, it doesn't mean anything other than the the end of the year record, right? It, it just means getting a, a better record. It doesn't mean that you're better than the 49ers, right? It's just getting you to a better record. So if we were on path for 13-3 and three and then losing to the Vikings, suddenly we're a 12-4 and four team, this could get us back to 13-3. and three. I don't think that's necessarily the, the case, but I'm just giving you an example of what I'm talking about. But at the end of the day, does it mean we're a better team than we were? No just kind of positioning for the playoffs, which are, I don't want to say a guarantee, but it's pretty unlikely the Packers miss the playoffs. And I mean, let's let's be honest, injuries or not, it would feel pretty good to kick the 49ers in the teeth. I'm just saying. Nobody else is going to give us credit for it, and rightly so, but we'll know. <laughs> it's still going to happen. It better happen. I don't know. But again, just just weird, man. You know, Packers going through COVID protocol for the first time this season. 49ers are... I mean, just pack it in, man. And again, I know I already briefly touched on it, but it is worth talking about the fact that Tampa Bay beat the New York Giants by two points. And the only reason I want to bring this up is for the majorly pessimistic fans, which for this week, apparently I'm in your crew. If the Green Bay Packers beat the Giants 25 to 23, first of all, all of the fans would be saying this is a fraudulent team. I want every single one of you to go over and look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and call them frauds. See, and this is this is the biggest problem I have with super pessimistic Packer fans. It's the fact that you all, and I'm, I'm removing myself from this equation because I can be pessimistic, but I'm an equal opportunity hater of everybody. You guys give credit to everybody, but you don't to the Packers. And I understand like the, the internal feeling of it means more, right? It, it hurts more when the Packers almost lose to the Giants. It doesn't affect you. You can look at Tampa Bay almost losing and say, yeah, it happens. But you can't give the Packers that same amount of leeway. I want you to right now declare Tampa Bay Buccaneers are a bunch of frauds. By the way, the LA Rams are a joke. They're frauds. They're never going to win a Super Bowl. Baltimore, who has now fallen, what, two games? They're toast. They're frauds. The Vikings obviously are a joke. The Colts we've written off a long time ago. The Lions are a joke. The Raiders are a joke. Cleveland's a joke. Tennessee lost 11 points to Cincinnati. They're done. They're toast. They're frauds. Cincinnati's obviously a joke. New England is done. Even Bill Belichick sounds like he's packing it in. It's like, oh, what do you expect, man? We went all in. We won a bunch of Super Bowls, and now we're just kind of coasting. That's why we picked up Cam for a million dollars, because we don't care anymore. <laughs> My word's not his, but kind of his words. Uh, Buffalo won, but they just got annihilated by a team not too long ago, so they're obviously a bunch of fraud. The Chargers just lost to Denver, 31-30. to They're frauds. Denver's a joke. 
San Francisco's a joke. New Orleans is clearly a joke. Chicago lost to New Orleans, so they're a joke. Dallas is a joke. Philly's a joke. Atlanta's a joke. Carolina lost to Atlanta, so they're a joke. Basically, everybody's a bunch of useless, worthless frauds, except the Chiefs and the Steelers, and maybe the Steelers are frauds. We'll see what happens. I don't know. They beat Baltimore, which is cool. But basically, it's the Chiefs and the the Steelers. No NFC team belongs in the Super Bowl. We know that much. Maybe the Seahawks, if we wanted to say that they're not frauds, but didn't they just get annihilated by Arizona? Now, don't start giving them credit because it's a divisional game because you didn't give the Packers credit when we lost to the Vikings. That doesn't matter. If you're a winner, you win. They lost to the Arizona Cardinals, who are not that good of a team. Well, they only lost by three, and we lost by six. They beat the Falcons, who cares? They beat the Patriots, who cares? They beat the Cowboys by seven, which is a joke. They beat the Dolphins, who are trash. They beat the Vikings, who are trash. They lost to the Cardinals and beat the 49ers, who don't have a team anymore. The first halfway decent team I think they're going to play is probably the Buffalo Bills, but, you know, they're frauds. Then they play the Rams, who we thought were good, but they're frauds. Then they play the Cardinals again, who they lost to. Eagles are a joke. Giants are a joke. Jets are a joke. Washington's a joke. The Rams again, and then the 49ers, who don't have a football team. So, similar to the Packers, um, clearly frauds, but they're going to coast into the playoffs because everybody else is just putrid this year. So again, if, if you want to be negative, that's fine. But the problem is a lot of your negativity is based on the idea that nobody else has these problems and you're wrong. I wish it was better, but again, it is worth noting Tampa Bay beat the New York Giants by two points. Two. Tampa Bay was in the conversation for the best team in the entire NFC. They nearly lost to one of the worst teams in the NFC. Football's weird, man. I don't know what to say. And also, just just want to throw one more thing out there. I think a lot of the reason a lot of people get really upset is because they're embarrassed. They're worried about people picking on them and saying na-na-na-boo-boo when your team loses. And that hurts your feelings, and you're embarrassed, and so you lash out in anger. Just projecting here. I don't really know. I want you to think about something, though. Again, let me reiterate this. Tennessee, one lost team, lost to the Cincinnati Bengals by 11 points. How much time did you spend in your room thinking how pathetic not only the Tennessee Titans are, but how stupid every single Tennessee Titans fan is? Probably not more than zero seconds. You looked at it and go, oh, that's crazy. And you moved on with your life. That's what everybody said about the Vikings. I mean, not Vikings and Bears, because they're being petty children. Oh, you guys are fraud. Because they're in the midst of a fight. But in reality, nobody cares. They look at it and go, oh, wow, nuts. Tampa almost lost to the Giants. That's crazy. Eh, Football, right? It's nuts. Right? Pittsburgh beat Baltimore. Does that mean Pittsburgh's better? I don't know. Maybe. Out of 10 times, how many times do they win? I don't know. Not 10. Probably more than one. Don't really know. Rams lost to Miami. That means Miami's great and the Rams suck, right? Well, no, but it's crazy. Nobody cares. Relax. Best advice my dad ever gave me. Nobody cares about you. (laughs) I'm serious. The best advice he ever gave me. Now, the context, I had pretty severe crippling anxiety in high school. The basis of, of anxiety is everybody staring at you and judging you 24 hours a day. He just flat out told me, dude, nobody cares about you. And it was like a light bulb went off in my head. Like, yeah, why would anybody care about me? I don't care about other people. Why would they? They don't. Not saying I was cured overnight, but it was sure helpful. Nobody cares about you. Nobody's sitting around thinking, that guy's an idiot. I remember four weeks ago when he said, go pack, go on Twitter. Where the pack going now, bro? Going nowhere. I'm going to go find that guy. I'm going to find out where he lives. I'm going to mock his children while they wait for the school bus because I hate that guy. What a loser. Dude, nobody cares.
there's 18 Twitter trolls that are going to find one of your tweets and, like, want to comment on it. Oh, where you at now? <laughs> what, Vikings fan going to talk? Okay, dude. By the way, this was a bad game for the Packers and the Vikings. It was probably worse for the Vikings. It, it, this game was more negatively impactful for the Vikings than it was the Packers. This doesn't even change anything for the Packers. Again, they go from what? A, a, a 12-win team to an 11-win team? And again, the, the 49ers game might nullify that because this game was absolutely a loss. It's probably going to be a win now. So that nullifies everything. So what does that mean? We weren't gonna probably get a, going to get the number one seed anyways, but we are going to go into the playoffs. So what difference does this game mean for us? Nothing. It means nothing. It sucks, but it doesn't change anything. What does it mean for the Vikings? As a one-win team, the Vikings right now would have a top-four pick. There is one team with zero wins, three other teams with one win. They would be in the conversation for having potentially... Maybe not the number one overall pick, because I don't know how they beat the, the Jets, but the Giants almost beat Tampa. They are a team that can win. Jacksonville's a team that can win. Minnesota went from possibly having the number four overall pick to now the number nine overall pick. They were in Justin Fields territory. They were in legitimate, game-changing, I mean, Penny Sewell, elite football territory. They dropped down to Rashawn Gary territory. Right, once you get out of the top two or three, you're losing that freakish once-in-a-generation player. Once you get out of the top five, you're, you're really starting to get into, we think they're really good, but I'm not so sure. You get to like 10-ish, and I've, I've done this, I've, I've looked into this, literally tracking PFF grades for every player and what pick they were. There's a massive drop-off right around like 8, 9, 10. And then I think when you get to 12, it like plummets. It's the weirdest thing. Pick 12 is like the worst pick you can have. You're pretty much flat lines. You, you, you would think pick 12 is a better chance of being successful than pick 20. It's really not. But that's, that's huge. The Minnesota Vikings dropped from like the third overall pick to the tenth overall pick for beating the Packers. So no, not ha-ha to us, ha-ha to you, stupid. You just lost a franchise quarterback to beat the Packers. I hope that helps you. I hope that helps you sleep at night, you dummy. Oh my goodness, look at the time. Look at the time, what is happening here? we got to take a quick break. We're not doing ad-free again. Um, on the other side, very quickly, very briefly, looking at a couple PFF things. I can't go super in-depth because time is of the essence. doesn't really make sense, but it sounds good. I guess it makes sense, but it's not exactly what I meant to say. Let's take a break, and we'll be right back. IronJock.com, a Wisconsin-based clothing company, has launched their e-commerce platform at ironjoc.com. They've got polos, vests, workout shirts, sweatshirts, shorts, socks, and underwear, running jackets, hoodies, and pants. Some of the most comfortable clothing you'll ever put on your body. But not only is it comfy cozy, but it is built from technologically advanced superfibers. I know that sounds ridiculous, but it's absolutely true. Every single item of their apparel line is infused with nano-silver, which provides permanent odor protection. The Iron Jock fabric kills 99.9% of all bacteria and fungus that is caused by sweating. It is also wicking and fast-drying, breathable, and anti-static. And if you get their long pants, shorts, hoodies, or running jacket, it also is water-repellent. Do yourself a favor. Head over to ironjock.com. That's I-R-O-N-J-O-C.com for a closer look at their unique collection of apparel featuring silver ion technology. Like them on Facebook. Follow them on Twitter at IronJock. MyBookie.ag, not com, A-G where there are literally thousands of lines available on all your favorite sports and events. You can turn game day into payday. In fact, since it's uh, 
you know, voting day and whatnot. Let's see what we got for the U.S. election. <laughs> Donald Trump, plus 135. Joe Biden, minus 175. Place your bets, folks. Uh, you can vote on which party gets the popular vote. What position will Pelosi hold on January 21st? What day will the loser concede the election? That's a good one. And you can also vote on candidates by state. It's kind of interesting. I don't really care enough to do that, but, I mean, there's a lot of political junkies out there. and Not, not only political junkies, there's a lot of people that have been talking a lot. I mean, talking a lot about what they know is going to happen. I'm just saying you can win a bunch of money putting your money where your mouth is. I don't know if you actually mean the stuff you say or if it's just bluster, but here's a great place to uh, back up what it is you claim to know. Either way, when you head over there and deposit your money, make sure you sign up using promo code OVERTIME, and they're going to double that first deposit. So if you sign up, put down 100 bucks, they're going to give you $100. In fact, they'll go all the way up to $1,000 they'll match your money. So sign up today to begin your winning season exclusively at MyBookie. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So first of all, looking at uh, PFF here, uh, many of you have seen what has been said about the Packers and PFF, that they are the worst tackling team in football, which is interesting because if you look at their run defense grade, it's actually not bad. They're 15th overall, but they are 42nd in, pack, in, in tackling, which in a sense somewhat backs up what Coton has been saying about, you know, the it's, it's not a scheme issue. It's the fact that guys are in position and they're not making plays. Um, if your run defense isn't terrible, in other words, you, you are doing your job, up until the point where you need to make a play and, and bring the guy down but can't, that's, you know, whatever. The other thing you maybe didn't know is that Green Bay is ranked 28th in pass rush. This is one of, not not that you didn't know, but uh, supporting that, they are one spot ahead of the Minnesota Vikings who do not have any pass rushers. 
I mean, we mock the Minnesota Vikings because they, they don't have Daniil and they don't have Everson Griffin, and Yannick was a joke, and now he's gone. Um, Afedi Odenigbo is their best pass rusher. He's a really bad interior defensive lineman. I mean, by really bad, I just mean for being the best guy there. I mean, it, it would be like if Dean Lowry was the last guy left. Pretty similar comp. Uh, Seattle has no defensive line. The Cincinnati Bengals and the L.A. Raiders are the only ones that are worse in far as far as pass rush. But, um, so, yeah, there's that. You know, I expected regression, and I mentioned that. I, I expected Zadarius to fall off. I expected Preston to get worse um, for kind of different reasons. For Preston, I just said because his sack numbers were completely unsustainable. Um, so I expected those to fall. And then for Zadarius, I just said that that was a once-in-a-career kind of a kind of a thing, right? Nobody does that well over a long period of time, with the exception maybe of Von Miller and some other guys that I don't have any PFF stats on, like maybe Reggie White or something. But I didn't really expect it to fall to this level. It's it's really, really bad. Uh, but we'll leave the, the overviews for another day. We'll look at the Minnesota Vikings where it was about as bad as you would expect, especially along the defensive side, where not one person graded out as good. Now, if I want to round up, I could say Kenny Clark, um, who had a 69.5. There were five players that graded out in the 60s. Five. Out of 19 players, meaning everybody else was bad, or worse. One player graded in the 20s, two were in the 30s, six players were in the 40s, five players were in the 50s. I've never seen a defensive performance this bad. Um, and I'm just I'm just not interested in, in defending any of this because I'm just I'm tired of it. Uh, Rashawn Gary was the the worst graded I guess starter. Vernon Scott and Will Redmond were worse, but as far as guys that were starters. 34.3 overall. His run defense grade was a 37. That's the one thing he's supposed to be really good at. His pass rush grade was a 52. Uh, I don't know how they came to that conclusion necessarily. He had zero pressures on nine attempts. Nine attempts is not a lot. You're looking for roughly two, maybe. But still, it just, it just I don't know. Uh, the other first-round guy that uh, nobody seems to want to be upset with, Darnell Savage, was the next word. Um, you know, both of these guys have potential, but neither one of them is really doing anything. And as much as people want to get upset at Rashawn Gary, Darnell Savage has been as bad, if not worse. Um, 48 overall run defense grade, 30 overall tackling grade, 44 coverage grade. Chris Barnes continues his slate of terrible play. Again, he played really well in the, the first game, hasn't done really anything since. He's been kind of bad ever since. The only reason he isn't the lowest graded player on this team is because everybody else was bad. He's been in the 40s for like three, three four weeks now. Uh, it's been real bad. Dean Lowry, terrible. Henry Black, terrible. Chandon Sullivan graded out terribly. He's one of the few guys that did decently as a tackler, but his coverage grade was a 43. So uh, three targets, three receptions, 73 yards, and a touchdown he gave up. Kingsley, who we've all been excited about, 19 overall tackling grade, so that's great. 43.9 run defense grade, awesome. Uh, Josh Jackson, decent run defense, horrible coverage. One target, one reception nine yards. How can you be horrible with that? You know, again, they're running all the time. So there weren't that many opportunities. Bottom line, I mean, again, go watch it. And if you want to disagree, see what he did. See if he did a really good job of just blanketing everybody. There were 18 times he was in coverage. See if you think he did a good job. PFF said, no, he did not. Uh, Zadarius was in the 50. Zero pressures on 14 attempts. You're looking for a minimum of two there. He had zero. Uh, Jair was in the 50s. So almost guaranteed, no chance that he is still the number one corner in football. Tackling grade was fine. His run defense grade was in the 40s. Coverage grade was a 57. 
Kamal in the 50s, Tyler Lancaster in the 50s. Uh, the only guys that graded out as average, Preston Smith, who had zero pressures in this game. Uh, the only reason he graded out decently is because his run defense picked up for the first time ever. Oren Burks, who played nine snaps, graded out as average, so congratulations to Oren for not being horrible. Montravius, who played six snaps. And then the two guys that were close to being in the 70s, but not quite, Adrian Amos, who I mentioned had a pretty decent game, came up pretty clutch, um, had seven tackles, although he had two missed tackles as well, which isn't great. Also targeted twice, two receptions, 19 yards. And then the top guy I mentioned, Kenny Clark, also zero pressures. There were two pressures in this entire game. Granted, again, I know, not a lot of opportunities, but Dean Lowry and Kamal Martin were the only guys that had any pressures. Again, it's it's as bad as you thought. Um, offensively was a little bit better. There were at least three guys that graded out as good. Aaron Rodgers was in the 80s. On top of that was Devontae and Tanya. Um, some of the real big issues that stand out, aside from the fact that only three guys graded out well, when you got guys like Corey Lindsley who have been dominant, um, you know, the the entire offensive line, like, where you know, where were they? Uh, the other thing that stands out in a big way is the fact that not one person graded out well as a run blocker. I mentioned this yesterday. Why in the world are they having trouble running against this defense? This is a horrible, terrible, putrid, awful defensive line. We should be able to push them out of the way and create running lanes. The highest graded run blocker was Corey Lindsley with a 62. These guys did okay pass blocking. Run blocking, horrible. And when I say pass, I mean, Corey Lindsley did a good job. Rick Wagner, Billy Turner graded out well. Elton, just horrible day. 60s as a pass blocker, 40s as a run blocker. Lucas Patrick, same exact thing. Mercedes Lewis pass blocking grade. He only had three attempts, but it was a 1.8. For a guy whose entire thing is he's one of the greater blockers, he has not been a good blocker since he got to Green Bay. Two guys graded out in the 40s. It was MVS and Mercedes Lewis. Other below-average guys, 50s, Lucas Patrick, Tyler Irvin, A.J. Dillon, Elton Jenkins, and Darius Shepard. So, I mean, just, just all around not good. Again, three guys on the entire team. Rogers, Devontae, and Tanyan. Tanyan, whatever. That's it. That's the whole thing. So, you know, and, and again, it didn't have to be this way. There's no reason these guys shouldn't be able to run block against the Vikings. There's no reason. But they just didn't. That's sorry. That's pathetic. There's no reason we shouldn't have been able to get pressure um, against this offensive line, but they couldn't. Sedarius couldn't do it. Preston couldn't do it. Rashawn couldn't do it. Kenny couldn't do it. There was a... We had one unblocked player come up with a sack because he just beelined for the quarterback because he was unblocked. That's it. That's the extent of uh, what happened in that game. So, I mean, it's just it's just a reflection of what we knew. And again, it's 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 nothing new. It's just the fact that this team just decides not to show up. And there was a quote from Aaron Rodgers saying that, you know, it, there was a lot, it was real bad as far as low energy, but it was an anomaly. Dude, when it happens twice in three weeks, I don't know that we throw out the term anomaly. It's becoming habitual and it's a problem. It's not an anomaly. Once a year, sure. But again, the last three weeks, it's happened twice where the Packers just don't show up. We've had three games after the bye and two of them have been the Packers just going, Neh. at home. Cold weather with big bruising backs. So again, it's still a team that can beat anybody at their best and lose to anybody at their worst, and we just saw that because they lost to one of the worst teams in football. Granted, again, good offense, but, uh, you know, again, my issue, 22 points against this defense. Come on now. But, you know, the wind. Okay, cool. Gotcha. Anyways, 
do your best to enjoy uh, this here day. Try to remember that tomorrow we're all going to wake up, right? It's, it's the world, you know, a meteor is not going to smack in the middle of us depending on what happens in this election. I think one of the biggest issues isn't the person in charge. It's the way people react to stuff. I'm not afraid of either of these presidents. I'm scared of you people being psychopaths. If we all just agree to treat each other with some dignity and stop acting crazy and not attacking people, screaming at people, shaming people, just shut your mouth and leave everybody alone, we'll be fine. We can all live in peace and harmony. Stop being a rabid psychopath and everything's fine. It's really that simple. If we all just ignore the people in Washington, everything would be fine. Just pretend they don't exist. Let them go out there, steal everybody's money, rip off the country lie to us and we you know just just shrug your shoulders and go yeah yeah we know you're gonna help us that's great go do your job leave us alone we got stuff to do we're busy actually living decent lives and go about your business i promise you everything's going to be fine sound good all right i'll talk to you